waste time. Swiss manufactured, French hoarded, Italian squandered. Americans say it is money, Hindus say it does not exist. You know what I see? Hello, everyone. This is Brent Stark, and I'd like to welcome you to the most precious commodity podcast, which is a podcast of all the stories that I've written over the last several months, with the theme being time. What do we do with the time we have? Why does it always seem to go so fast? And what happens when we've run out? Well, today's story is called Time Goes By. And as I mentioned last week, it's the first story that I've ever written. I wrote it in March, right at the start of the pandemic and all the shutdowns. It was a very stressful time, much like today is, but it was a stressful time because we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know when this would end. And there was just a lot of questions. And in order for me to deal with all that unknown and anxiety that comes with that, I started to write. I felt it was a better alternative than watching the news. And this story was the first one that I wrote. Actually, as I think back to it, but my podcast name is The Most Precious Commodity. And if I had to boil every single story down, this would be the one that most meets that name. So I'm going to read it to you. And then afterwards, I'm going to share just a little bit about the story, some updated information, and then what's coming up next week. So I hope you enjoy it. It's called Time Goes By. Here we go again. Tired young father, he turned and then he allowed his three-year-old daughter to crawl into the bed. He didn't put up a fight. He just gave her room. His daughter, happy from her victory in that kid-versus-parent bed battle, slid under the sheets and fell fast asleep within seconds. Oh, the father, he would toss and turn the rest of the night while his daughter peacefully rested. Most nights, the little girl would sleep on her own until about 10.30, when all of a sudden, like clockwork, she would awaken and then request permission to join her parents. She never really said what she was afraid of or what possessed her to keep asking to sleep in their bed. Perhaps she just wanted to be near them, be comforted, spend time with them, Who knows? They tried to practice tough love and each time take her back to her room. But her will was much stronger than that of her tired parents and soon they quit trying. The night after night of the constant battle with this little one was wearing the father down. Finally, with all the power he could muster, he screamed, Why does time move so slowly? I just want her to get older so I can finally get some sleep. Before he could get that last word out of his mouth, a clap of thunder crashed so loudly that the house shook to its foundation. Ironically, the noise of that booming thunder finally put the tired father to sleep. 
The next day, the father shuffled to the mailbox to pick up the mail. It was his daily ritual and one that he rarely missed. He liked getting the mail. It gave him a strange sense of purpose. It helped him plan his life. But he rarely, if ever, looked at the contents. However, on this day, he was more observant than usual. Buried deep in the pile of mail was a brightly colored orange postcard that captured his attention. The contents of the message attracted him even more. It was an advertisement for the FEBN 2007 created by a company called Kwame. Usually the level-headed father would have thrown that fictitious sounding postcard away. But he started carefully reading the fine print. Perhaps it was the fatigue. Perhaps it was a promise of a better day. Or maybe it was a science fiction because he'd always been a fan. But something compelled him to keep reading. His heart raced and his hopes built all because of what was listed on that orange postcard. Check out these features. The FEBN 2007 can travel through time. It's a time machine. It can accommodate multiple passengers at one time. No more of those pot-barreled time machines you find in the old movies. It's large enough to meet the size needs of whoever chose to use it. Passengers could leave whenever they wanted. And get this, they could still keep tabs on what was happening in their current lives while they were still traveling to their time destination. The trip would be so fast and so fun that the passengers would really have or want the opportunity until they got to their desired location in time. The best feature of all though, was the price. It was free to get to one's choice of destination. Time passengers only paid at the end of the trip, and they decided on the cost. Yes, that is correct. The price was determined by the travelers, not some travel agency. It all seemed too good to be true. Father was smitten with what he was reading. Sounded awesome. So awesome, in fact, that he stopped reading after the price was given and placed the postcard in his pocket. If the cost is free to go, and I can choose the cost of the trip later, I mean, what can go wrong? Perhaps that saying, it's too good to be true, was wrong after all. The FEBN 2007 had a lot of bells and whistles, and the young father was desperate. He was going to try it out no matter what. He wanted to sleep, and he wanted a time when his daughter would be more independent so that he finally could get rest. It was his time for a great adventure. One day, while his wife was at work and his daughter at daycare, 
he decided to give the FEBM 2007 a try. He went to the address listed on the postcard, completed all the necessary paperwork, signed here, and joined his fellow time travel passengers. Lines of eager passengers ready to time travel were wrapped around the building. Within seconds, a whoosh. And the FEBN 2007 was off. Off to the future. The father and the other passengers were thrilled. They could share their thoughts and feelings without dealing what was going on in their world. They could check on their outside world, but why would they? They were having the time of their life listening to others' personal stories, hearing life anecdotes. Everyone seemed happy, content, without a care in the world. Life seemed perfect within the confines of the time machine. The current society, or the the one outside the FEB in 2007, it became like that old family picture. You know, the one situated on the shelf of the living room that everyone knows is there, but rarely, if ever, take the time to look at it. The passengers were initially loving time travel. It was an escape, an escape from all that afflicted them, an elixir for their tired souls. However, the trip seemed to take longer than expected. Some of the passengers began looking out the door to check on their lives. However, the windows were cloudy, probably from all that dust that was kicked up from the non-passengers living their authentic lives to the fullest. But it didn't take the passengers long to pull away from the window and go back to enjoying the luxuries of the FEBN. Stories, games, discussions, they all took place. Time travel was addictive and the passengers, they couldn't turn away. Until one day, they did. When they became divided over an issue. A time travel issue that plagued or plagues actually many scientists today. Can time travel affect the course of history? Some people argued that it could. Others were vehemently opposed. You know, the father, he didn't care one way or the other. All he wanted to do was safely arrive at his destination. But the passengers, they wouldn't stop arguing. In 2015, Biff steals the sports almanac and takes the time machine back to 1955 to give it to his younger self. But as soon as he does that, he changes the future. So the 2015 he returns to would be a different 2015, not the 2015 that Marty and Doc were in. This is Hot Tub Time Machine all over again. If future Biff goes back to 2015 right after he gives young Biff the almanac, he could get back to the 2015 with Marty and Doc in it. Because it wasn't until his 21st birthday that 1955 Biff placed his first bet. The alternate future he creates isn't the one in which Marty and Doc Brown ever used the time machine to travel to 2015. Therefore, in the new timeline, Marty and Doc never brought the time
in which 1955 Biff gets the almanac is also the timeline in which 1955 Biff never gets the almanac and not just never gets. Soon all the stories and games were replaced with fierce verbal battles over that time travel conundrum. Everyone thought that everyone else should think like them. And if not, they were the enemy. Lies were thrown on both sides and hope was replaced by hate. Awful. So awful, in fact, that the man decided he had enough with time travel. He was ready to get off at FEDN 2007 now and get back to his real life. And like the postcard mentioned, one could stop whenever they liked. And that is precisely what he did. He terminated his time travel trip and returned to his house. It was night, but otherwise it was peaceful. When he entered his home, there was no noise downstairs, not a sound. his trip was successful after all, although as he entered his bedroom, he stopped when he heard a faint whimper. <laughs> it wasn't the loud cries he was used to hearing before joining the FEB in 2007. It was his wife. She was the one crying now, not his daughter. He quietly bent down to talk to her. Within moments, the blood dissipated from his face. Through that quiet conversation, he, he learned that his daughter was no longer three years old. She was now 18. She hadn't slept in their bed in 15 years. Tonight was her final night at home before going off to college. The mother had begged her to sleep one more night in bed, just like old times. But the girl quietly declined. She was more mature now. They would stay up and they'd reminisce, but she would sleep in her own room because she'd be off to college in the morning. And the most surprising of all, the father was there all along. Wait, wait, what? What do you mean? I've been away doing time travel. I've not been here. Oh, yes, you have been here the whole time. Well, let me restate that. You've been here physically, but not mentally. You've been on your smartphone. You're always on your phone. At that moment, the father dropped to his knees, full of regret. He was time traveling. He got his wish, even though he now wished he hadn't. He ended up in the future without even realizing the passage of time. His phone was the time machine. He had missed so much. Oh, how he wished for time back, the time that he had lost. He cried 
wanting a do-over until a fleeting thought crept across his mind. It was an idea that gave him hope. Perhaps he could use the FEBN 2007 to travel back in time. It had to exist. The father knew what he saw in the postcard. It was more than just a smartphone, and since it propelled him into the future, he could use it to take him back to when his daughter was three years old. He would have another chance to watch her sing, dance, play sports, make friends, graduate. For that brief moment, he had hoped that things would go back to normal. And if only his daughter could crawl back in bed with him again. He scavenged through his house to find the FEBN 2007 postcard. Maybe, just maybe, it gave directions how to travel into the past. How to go back in time when his daughter was three years old. He remembered that he only read part of it previously. Perhaps at the bottom of that postcard, the section he didn't read gave more information. Finally, after much searching, he found the old crumpled up postcard. He skimmed it to the very bottom, hoping beyond hope that he missed out on something good all those years ago. Yet, It wasn't to be. The father soon realized that he should have read the postcard to the very end because it read, the FEBN 2007 is based on the quote, forward ever, backwards never, backwards never, meaning one could go forward in the time machine, but you could never go back. The bottom of the postcard cemented what he already knew but didn't want to admit. He didn't travel in a time machine. Time moved on and he missed it because he was glued to his smartphone and the cost. It was free to join. However, it cost the father his time, his world, and he would pay for it for the rest of his life. He quietly sobbed as the rain began to come down heavier outside. Much like that night so long ago when he made that fateful wish. He lay down in his bed, finally accepting the ramifications of his fate. Softly, he wished he would have made a different decision and quickly drifted off to sleep. Just then, A massive clap of thunder shook the foundation of the house. The young father awoke. Okay, so that concludes the story. And like I said, this story really captures the whole theme of my podcast. 
What do we do with the time we have? Well, the time the father was given, he used it by looking at his smartphone or in this story disguised as a time machine. Why does it always seem to go fast? Well, it went fast for this father because his attention was elsewhere. He was half in his world and half with his smartphone. But what happens when it runs out? His time didn't technically run out, but the time with his daughter went from three till 18, that time he could never get back. It had run out or did it. He paid attention to the end. You can make your own decisions, make your own choices on how this story ended. Next week, I have the story three. It's called three, very basic. I'm not gonna go into what it means because I might give it away. It's a shorter story. It's also one of the earlier stories I wrote. And just to give you a little bit of update, I have now self-published my stories. It is also called The Most Precious Commodity. I think there's 28 or 29 of my stories. It's on Kindle right now, on Amazon. I'm working on the paperback copy. I would love it if you purchase it. Some I've read in here, some I've not, and some I may never read. So you might be able to get a sneak peek on some of those early stories. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast each and every week. Thank you for telling others. And once again, I'd like to thank the producer of this episode who makes my stories come to life every week. He's so creative. More importantly than that, he's just a good guy who's helped me so much. I can't even believe it. And in this time, when we want to make sure we make the most of our time, he's one dude that does. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'd like to thank York Campbell, my producer. He is with Poetic Earthlings. So if you have a chance to check out that podcast, Poetic Earthlings, make sure you do it. It is really, really good. He has a new one coming up and I can't wait to hear it. So have a good week and I will talk to you next week. been listening to The Most Precious Commodity, written by Brent Stark. You can follow him on Twitter at MostSciFi. Do me a favor, please subscribe and spread the word about this show. Also, don't squander your precious time. Use it wisely. Taking out time is 3 p.m. Give generously. Those of this sort aren't interested in you when you come in, but... Thank you for listening. When your time is up. <laughs>